You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. Well, it just happened that as we were planning the series um, months ago, that today was the, the message was going to be from Lamentations chapter 3. And the book of Lamentations, as I said before, is a book of five poems or five psalms. And each of these are laments. A lament is a, is a deep and passionate expression of pain. It is a way of sorrowing. It is a way of mourning. It's even a way of, of moaning. And the first three chapters, or three poems in Lamentations, set the stage for what's happened here in the life of the Judah people, the people of Judah or Israel. It's actually the southern kingdom, Judah, had been sacked, had been destroyed by Babylon in 586 B.C. The city of Jerusalem had been totally destroyed. And in chapter 1 of Lamentations, we read about Israel's whole loss of the ruin and of the punishment that they're experiencing. And it's because of their sin that God had allowed the Babylonians in to destroy them. And God's judgment in chapter 2, the people are learning, their lamenting is severe, the judgment is painful, but they know the Lord can bring help. They know the Lord can heal them. And so in chapter 3, which is the chapter we're going to look at today, in chapter 3 we learn about God's mercy as the only source of ultimate and real and final comfort and hope in this world. We learn that God is faithful even in times where we're going through times where ourselves, we are faithless. The people of Israel have been faithless. They were going through a difficult time, but God was inviting them back to be faithful. But there are times in our own lives that we go through this as well. We go through trials. Now, sometimes it's because of our sin, and sometimes it's because of the sin of other people. But in a world and a life that is often touched with such deep anguish, how can we actually grow in faith during those times? That's the question we want to answer today. How in a world that we're in today, with so much deep pain and sorrow, can we still gain or regain faith? Maybe some of you here have gone through hard times or are going through hard times now. Maybe you would say that your faith is sort of limping, you're not real strong. This passage today will help us. It helps us to see that we can be real before God and that God will be real to us. And so what can we do? How can we have a new faith in God? Well, first we have to understand that God's faithfulness is unchanging. God never changes. We change, but God never changes. And this is the big lesson that we're going to learn, that since God doesn't change, we can turn to him and trust what he says here, which is unchanging, is true for us. But there are some things that you and I must do to be able to access that faithfulness of God into our lives. In verses 17 through 20. We read how the, uh, Jeremiah, who we believe wrote Lamentations, expresses for his people and expresses himself how he poured out his soul to God. So if you are taking notes, and your notes are there on, your, on the bulletin, the first way that we begin to experience new faithfulness in our lives in difficult times is by pouring out our soul. Pour out your soul with honest expressions of what you are thinking and how you feel. 
Go ahead and express them to God. Let's read out loud together verses 17 through 20. Let's read in unison. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Jeremiah is saying, I've been deprived of peace. Literally, the words are, God, Lord, you have moved my soul from peace. You have moved my soul away from peace. So in the NIV, it says, I have been deprived. In the New King James Version, it says, you have moved my soul. You have moved my soul far from peace. This word soul is an important word in the Bible. It's important to all of us because we all have a soul. We all have a soul. And when we read in the Bible about our soul, when we read in the Bible about loving God with all your heart, your mind, all your soul, it's talking about loving God with our breath, with our life. Animals also can have a soul. The Bible talks about animals as living, breathing creatures. They have a soul, but they don't have a spirit. But animals can be depressed, if you've seen animals. Animals can get angry. They have a soul. They have feelings. God wants us to know that we can express our feelings. We can express how we feel. We can express our anger. We can express our sense of loss. Jeremiah says he's been deprived. He's been deprived of peace. This word deprived means he's forgotten. And there are times when we're going through trials, we go, you know, I forgot what it was like to be happy. I forgot what it was like to be healthy. I forgot what it was like to feel loved. I forgot what it was like not to have problems. And that's what Jeremiah is saying here. And he's just telling God. In fact, he's telling the world, I have been deprived of peace. And not only that, he's saying, I've been, I've forgotten what prosperity is. And prosperity means bountiful. It represents maybe our, our, all the things that we own, our material things, the things that give us comfort. I've lost that. I've lost my prosperity. I've lost my sense of peace and well-being. And not only that, he says, my splendor, verse 18, my splendor is gone. This word splendor means a bright object in the distance. And what it was was that if you had a bright object in the distance, you could walk to it. Or if it was a sunrise, you would be able to say, I see a sun rising, and now I have hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel, so I'm going to walk towards it. My splendor also is gone. I've lost all my hope, he says. He is depressed. He is discouraged. The word, I remember my affliction, affliction can also be um, defined as depressed. I remember my depression. I remember my wanderings. I remember my bitterness. I remember the gall. The word gall means poison. I remember the, the gall, the poison that grew up in my soul. Oh, and I am so downcast. I'm so hurt. I'm so humbled. I'm bowed over in pain. God says that if we're going through hard times, this is what we can express. We can pour out our soul. We can express honestly what we're thinking. We can express honestly what we're feeling. 
it's okay to do that. I think a lot of times we think we can't do that. But if we believe in a God who knows all things, we know that God already knows these things about us. So why not express them? Why not go ahead and say them out loud if we're alone? Complain to God, or even if we're talking to other people, let them know how we feel. God wants us to be free because he loves us just the way we are. So the first thing we do is we pour out our soul. The second thing that we do is we open up. We open up our mind and our heart to the Lord. We open up ourselves to receive in our mind and in our heart a word from the Lord. Because once we've let out all the poison, there's an emptiness now inside of us. What are we going to refill it with? We can refill it with the good hope that God might give to us. Let's read together uh, verses 21 through 23. Let's say it in unison. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This is a verse that maybe you've heard before. Great is your faithfulness. His compassions are new every morning. They never fail. Maybe you didn't know. You've heard that verse before. You didn't know. It's actually in a book of laments. It's in a book where somebody is complaining. It is a book about pain and expression of pain. And yet right in the middle of chapter 3 of these five psalms is hope. There is God's hope. There is his great love. And what the psalmist here or what the lamenter is saying to us is he brings it back into his mind. We have to put this into our mind. We have to open up our mind. The word mind can also be translated heart. And to a Hebrew person, the heart was the center of their being. It was from their heart. It's like, you know, I love my wife. But if I only love her in my mind, you know, I just have her in my head all the time, that may not be as meaningful to her as to say I love her with my heart. I love my children. If I just say, oh, I love them in my mind, well, that's okay. But what they really need is to know that I love them from my heart, that I feel from the very depth of who I am how much I love them. And this is what God is saying when we use our minds. We love the Lord our God with all of our heart. So our mind, we're loving him. We're opening up the center of our being to him. And we're saying, Lord, I want you to touch me. I want you to change me. I am remembering this word. When I say I recall, I call to mind. I'm remembering what's happened. I'm remembering that God is still a God of love. And this word for remember or for recalling is also the word refresh. And when we go through a hard time, that's what we need. We need to be refreshed. Have you ever been on a web page that just freezes? What do you do? Get that little semicircle with an arrow on it and you refresh the web page, right? So it can start again. But have you ever done that and your, your computer still doesn't work? It just stares at you and you hit all the button and just stares at you. And then, you know, you hit Control-Alt-Delete and it, it goes back and it still doesn't work, okay? And then what do you do? You have to reboot, right? You have to reboot the whole computer. And you hope, you really hope, right, that when you reboot it, it, it all comes back to the way that it is. Well, God says that when we're going through those types of times, sometimes we hit the refresh button and it, it just doesn't work. We've got to go deeper. We've got to go further back. We've got to allow ourselves to go, God, I'm even lower than that. I need a complete reboot. I need you to completely change me. 
I need to recall who you are. I need a whole new set of life that I can begin to walk with you and have this hope with you. Where is it going to come from? Well, Jeremiah tells us it comes from the Lord's great love. His great love. It can also be translated loving kindness. God is loving and God is kind. Jeremiah tells us that God is a God of compassion. He is a God of tender love that will never, ever fail. If you're going through a hard time right now, know this. God hasn't let you go. God's never let you go. If you've walked away from God, you've been unfaithful to God, know this. God will never let you go. God is always there. He wants you to know this next verse, verse 23 that his faithfulness to you can be as new to you as this morning is new to us. That every day, when we see, if we see the sunrise, or we walk out of the house, we go out into a new day, in the same way, we can walk in a renewed way with God. We've been talking about this word new for the last three sermons, and in the Old Testament, the word new means to refresh or to be fresh or to repair or to rebuild. Now we're going through a renovation project, and we talked about that, okay? So we're going to renovate the church. It's going to take something that's older and refresh it and renew it. God wants to do the same thing with us. He wants to renovate us in our hearts. He wants to repair things that are broken. He wants to rebuild things that have been knocked down. God wants us to know that he is in the business of helping us to be restored this word renewed is used by King David after he had sinned. After he had sinned and then one of the most heinous things of his own life when he had sinned with Bathsheba. In Psalm 51, he prayed. And in verse 10, he says, God created me a clean heart. Renew, renew, that's the word. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. God rebuild a new heart in me. God can rebuild a new heart. God can rebuild a new faith because of his great faithfulness. It's not my faith that means that I'm able to have a new faith. It's because I draw from God. It's because of what God gives to me. This word faithfulness about God means permanent. God's faithfulness is permanent. And even though we change, God doesn't change. And so we're going through changing circumstances. We're going through difficult times. But we can open up our minds and we open up our hearts and we open up the center of our being. And we say, Lord, I hurt. I'm going through confusing times. I don't understand what happened. I don't know why it happened. But God, I need you. I need you to help me. I need you to restore me. I need you to rebuild me. And so we've opened up our mind after we express things in our soul. But the third thing is that we speak. We speak. We use our words and we speak from our hearts, but we also speak to our hearts. Would you read with me verses 24 and 25? Let's begin. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Notice what Jeremiah says. He says, I say to myself. In other words, I speak to my soul. How many of you talk to yourself? How many of you talk to yourself? I think we all talk to ourselves. 
Because sometimes we don't use our words, right? But have you ever said to yourself, oh, I'm so stupid? Huh? You, you spoke to yourself. Have you ever said to yourself, man, I'm good? Yeah? You, you spoke to yourself. Have you ever said to yourself, oh, by that person's stupid? You still spoke to yourself. You didn't say it out loud. You say, well, my mom and dad, they're blah, blah, You wouldn't say that out loud, but you think it. You spoke to yourself. Now, God says that there's a way of speaking to ourselves that's healing. There's a way of speaking to ourselves that helps us to have hope in the midst of a lamenting time. And that is by saying these words, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is my portion. He is what I need. He is all that I need. He is the person that I want more than anything else. I say to myself, this word say can also be translated answer. I answer myself. Because sometimes you go, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And then you have a thought, well, maybe I should pray. Maybe I should go to God. Maybe I should confess. Maybe I should read the Bible. Maybe I should talk to a friend. You answered yourself in your mind. And God is saying, speak to yourself and answer yourself in the midst of difficult times, but do it with this foundation that the Lord is with me. The Lord is my portion. The Lord is my salvation. And I will wait for him. I will wait until God gives me hope. I will wait until I experience the hope that I believe that God will give. I will wait for God's faithfulness to be poured out on me so that my faith will be made stronger. So when we speak to ourselves, when we hear ourselves words, and if they're negative, stop it and say, wait, no, that's not what I want to hear. What I want to hear is that the Lord is faithful. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord loves me. I am not a failure. I am not stupid. I am not totally faithless because I am thinking of the Lord right now. And my heart is towards him. I will speak from, but I will also speak to my heart. We have to talk to ourselves in a good way. We have to tell ourselves, I am going to get up. I'm going to get up and I'm going to live this day for the Lord. I'm going to get up and I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to church. I don't know, I won't ask you to raise your hand here, but maybe some of you woke up this morning going, I want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. But somehow you spoke to yourself and you got here. I'm sure a lot of you wake up in the morning going, I don't want to go to school. And there's a voice that tells you that you have to go, right? It's your parents. Right? You've got to go to school, get up. Right? Right? God tells us with his voice, a gentle voice, a loving voice, Get up. There's hope. Don't just wallow in your pain. Now you heard what I've said to you. I love you. Now say that to yourself. God loves me. Speak to my heart. Speak to my soul. Speak from and to yourself the things that are good, that the Lord is your portion, and you will wait for him. Now there's still something that we can do. We must pursue the Lord. But we do it one step at a time. Would you read with me? Um, verse 25, the second half of 25 to 28. Let's begin. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. 
It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. God wants us to seek him. God wants us to pursue him. Now, sometimes you may hear a message and you may get really excited and you'll go, okay, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to just jump whole hog and I'm going to go and do everything. I'm going to read my Bible for three hours a day. I'm going to pray for two hours a day. Get really excited and then you do it one time maybe and then you stop. What I want to encourage you to do is to take one step at a time. Just one step. There's, there's four steps here that Jeremiah suggests for us. And the first one is to seek him, to pursue God, to begin to get up and walk towards him. Now, if you, if you sprain your ankle or you break an ankle, okay, and you go to the doctor and the doctor bandages it up, and the doctor says, you're going to be good as new in about six weeks, okay? Well, six minutes later, you don't run a marathon, right? You just begin to walk. You limp. You begin to do the best you can, but you begin. And that's what's so important, is that we need to begin. We need to walk with the Lord one step at a time. We need to seek him. And Jeremiah had warned the people that if they didn't seek the Lord, then they would experience the judgment that unfortunately they experienced in Lamentations. But as a prophet, during his ministry, he was calling the people to faithfulness to walk with the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah, so just turn back. If you're in Lamentations, just turn to the previous book. That'll be Jeremiah. And go to the chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. I'll read it, and you can follow along whatever version you have. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11. And, and I encourage you to mark that in your Bible or highlight it. And there it says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. This is what God wants for you and for me. He wants us to know that he is there. He wants us to call upon him. He wants us to seek him, to pursue him. But we have to begin. We don't have to run. We can limp. But we have to begin in some small way by seeking after God. And then Jeremiah says the second step is learn to wait. Learn to wait for God. You know, sometimes we're so impatient. We prayed a prayer and we just, like, how come it didn't happen yet? Sometimes it takes a long time. It was, it was two years ago when I was first asked if I might come back here to Thousand Oaks to be pastor. I had to wait and ask God for his will. It took about almost two years for that to be clarified. We had to wait on God. And this word wait means to be still or to stop. To be still or to stop. So oftentimes we're in a hurry. We just want God to work really, really fast. But in seeking him, we have a big picture in mind. And the big picture is this. I'm going to seek God all the rest of my life. I'm going to seek God until the day I die. I am going to work 
until he answers. And then the third thing that Jeremiah says we can do is to bear, to bear what God gives to us or to hold it up. He says there in verse 27, it is good for a man to bear yoke while he is young. It is good for us to bear or to hold the trials of our youth. It's good for young people to go through difficult times. That's not really something fun, all right? But I remember I became a Christian when I was um, 16 years old. Okay, I became a Christian when I was 16 years old. And, and the first two and a half years were wonderful. But when I turned 19, things got ugly and things got difficult. And I began to experience a serious um, set of mental problems that led to depression. It, led to, uh, it was caused by a disease called obsessive compulsive disorder. I didn't understand it. But I began to lose my faith. I began to think something was wrong with my faith in God. I didn't understand. But I never gave up. Even though I failed many, many ways, I never gave up. And I continued to seek after God. I was only 19 at that time. But that was a turning point in my life where God began to work in my heart to teach me that no matter what I go through, I have to continue to seek Him. I had to learn to bear or hold this yoke. I had to learn to bear this pain. A yoke is what they put over an animal like a a cow that would pull something on the farm. It's the yoke. It's the piece of wood they put over his shoulders while he's pulling. It can be heavy. It can be painful. It can be filled with pressure. But God puts that on us. What happens is then is we learn to become stronger. In another sermon, we'll talk about Jesus, how he carries the yoke with us, how he puts the yoke on himself. In those days, they would often have two uh, cattle side by side, and so there'd be two holes in the piece of wood, and they would put the yoke over one of the cattle and then the yoke over the other one. But the, the younger one or the one that didn't know how to do it, the yoke would, hole would actually be bigger so that the majority of the weight went on the experienced cow, on the experienced cattle. So that cattle would carry the bulk of the load. And this is what God does for us. Though we must bear our yoke, God carries the bulk of the load. Jesus puts the yoke on himself. He walks with us side by side and he will carry us through these times. But we must still put the yoke on ourselves. We must bear it. And in our youth, it's difficult, but never give up. Never give up. God is teaching you something that's going to be good for the rest of your life. Bear that yoke. And then the third, or the fourth and the final step that we can do is simply sit. Sit. Sit alone in silence. Now this may seem to be very unhelpful. This may seem to be, you know, very useless. Just sit. Why should I sit? I think there's one reason why we should sit, and that's the whole reason for this chapter, is that we sit so that we learn how to grow in faith. We sit so that we understand that God is faithful. We sit so that we learn that we can wait on the Lord. Verses 22 and 23 would be the theme verses for this chapter and for this message. Would you read them out loud together with me again? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Would you read it with me one more time? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. 
great is your faithfulness. Imagine, we sit with this. We just sit with this. We learn the promise. I want to challenge you to memorize this verse this week. Okay? And, and all of us, next week we're going to try to recite it. Okay? Oh, I'm sorry, in two weeks. Actually, two weeks. Next week, uh, Dr. Christopher Sun is going to be preaching here, so I really encourage you to invite your friends to come. Uh, he's a wonderful evangelist. He has a great message for us about the hope that Jesus gives. So, so come next week and invite your friends. It'll be a great service. But in two weeks, we'll review this verse. Okay, two weeks. So, you even got, so only one week, one verse per week, we can do that, right? Lamentations 3, because, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Let us sit with that. Let us let God use that. Let us pursue God, even with that verse in our hearts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you are faithful. We praise you, Lord, that you never give up on us. Lord, we pray that in this coming week, we would dwell, we would sit, we would be still and know that because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Father, we pray that for all of us, that truth would give us your hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.